up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. All right, let's start with Quentin Dunbar. Uh, you know, uh, rumors that came out last month that he wanted to be traded. He kind of started a Twitter campaign, uh, just sending cryptic tweets here and there, talking about, you know, how he wanted to be valued and this and that, and he was subtweeting the Redskins. Uh, every time a cornerback got paid, he was like, man, I'm proud of my brother. I can't wait to be next, this and that, yada, yada. He deleted all Redskins mentions from his Instagram account. Last night, uh, something came out on Pro Football Talk that the Redskins were engaging in trade talks for him with other teams. John Kime of ESPN came out and said, well, this is not breaking news. Anybody with knowledge of the situation, they've been trying to trade him for weeks. So where do we go from here, guys? Quinn Dunbar lost his damn mind, man. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I mean, we know how long this has been going on, but kind of like you just mentioned, like, I'm going to point out this John Kime piece, like, the league and these 31 other teams have known that this man is on the trading block. Clearly, his value is not as high as he thinks it is. And kind of like the Trent Williams situation, I don't think Ron Rivera or anybody within that front office plans on trading away any quality starter talent just for a bag of peanuts. I mean, as much as you don't want this drama in your locker room and all this foolishness that Dunbar is talking about, I mean, if the team is not going to give fair, fair trade value, I mean – like Ron Rivera says, if you're on the contract, we expect you to come in and ball. So if the team doesn't get good value as far as draft picks is concerned, I'm I'm expecting Dunbar to be here. Right. And like also like Trent, it's like, dude, you ain't you not healthy, man. Seriously. So how much money do you want? It's probably like I'm not I'm never gonna be like, yo, a player gotta play. But it's probably in Dunbar's best interest to come out here, have a great sixteen games, and you're gonna make a lot of money. Whether you want to make it here or somewhere else. Like, you're going to make a lot of money. There's a lot of free – the cornerback free agent market is big next offseason. Mm-hmm. Byron Jones already already reset the market. So there's a lot of money to be made. They're not going – there's no way right now that we would trade Dunbar and wherever he gets traded would pay him Byron Jones money. Absolutely not. Because he's Byron Jones or not. That's not happening. So you need to come your ass to camp, take that shit seriously, and stay healthy. Okay, you want to get repaid. These guys haven't coached you. And last they checked, you weren't healthy. But you know what's funny, Cliff? He made it a point to put in his tweet sometime, I want to say yesterday, I'm 100% healthy. Well, of course you are. It's fucking March. You know, not for nothing, he has only played in, I think, barely 50% of the uh, games the past two seasons. Yeah. He's healthy now. I'm not really caught up in all the stuff he had said about Larry Hess and the problems he had with the previous training staff. But aside from that, he caught uh, Rivera in a tough spot. Like he kind of put Rivera in a tough spot, I should say. He just got here. You know, the next month, his star cornerback, quote-unquote star cornerback, is asking for a pay raise. Now, do I think Dunbar is underpaid? Yeah, I think he's underpaid. Um, does he deserve an extension and a raise? Yeah, probably. But does the new coaching staff – owe him anything, especially when he hasn't played? No, I'm going to see how you do. And if I think you deserve a raise, you'll get a raise. Now, if you want to be gone and there's nothing we can say to change your mind, fine. But if you leave on your own after 2020, 
we're going to get a third or a fourth round compensation pick for you. So don't think I'm going to trade you now for a fifth or a sixth. And that's the same thing I'd say about Trent Williams at this point. Like, we're not taking a negative because you want to be gone. Y'all can play your last year here. You can walk. You can get the contract that you want from somewhere else. And we'll cl- collect our 2022 compensation picks. We're not going to trade you just because you want to be gone. That's not how you build a, a winning team and a winning culture. Again. It's, like, it's like, dude, you got a contract. Yep. So you can be like, yo, I don't want to be here. I want an extension. My thing with Dunbar is what would that number even be right now? Let's say Dunbar wanted to talk extension. What do you think he's asking for? He might be asking for top 10 corner money because he, he, he keeps reposting that PFF grade that he's got. And it's him. like, that's cool. But mm-hmm. even if you are a top 10 corner, we can't give you top 10 corner money right no. now. No, you have not been on the field, let alone a new regime who knows nothing about you is not going to give you that. Right. You weren't coached by Ron Rivera. Yeah, maybe Bruce Allen gave you some promises. Well, Bruce is no longer here. He's on the golf course somewhere. So you can can go join him if you like, but you're not getting a new a new deal. Byron Jones money or slay money like no prove yourself. You're still young. If you're that confident in your game, go out there, show these people that you can do it and you'll get paid on one hand. I do want Dunbar back because I think Dunbar is still an extending player and he's still pretty young. We've talked a lot about the previous coaching staff, and I just wonder how much better Dunbar could be with a competent coaching staff. You know, but it does set a bad precedent. Ron Vare was brought in here to change a culture. One month on the job, he has a cornerback making unreasonable demands. I mean, in my opinion, an unreasonable demand. So as much as I want us to placate him and just give him a, a contract extension. I'm not sure what the figures would be, but I do want him back. But at the same time, it's like, and we're not going to let you muscle me. We're going to let you muscle us, I should say. No, you know, you absolutely just... not. But this is, is this even about muscling? You, you are a corner coming into a contract year. You have not been healthy. We can't just trade you, right? Let's say we could get value mm-hmm. for him. They would trade him. So they wouldn't be muscled into it. It's it's just the reality is you cannot get what you want financially right now. We right. can't give that to you, all right? Because you have not been he knows. There is not really a team out here that's going to pay you and give us what we want draft-wise. So then you can just mm-hmm. have to come back. It's not even about being bullied. It's the same thing with Trent. They're trying mm-hmm. to find, trying to trade. They just can't find one that makes mm-hmm. sense for both of them. It's not just about trading you, Trent, because you don't want to be here. Well, do you think at some on some level that Quentin Dunbar knows that the Redskins are really thin at cornerback right now, just like how Quentin Williams knew last year that we were really thin at offensive tackle? I can make a demand, and it's either you pay me what I want or I sit out and leave you with nothing this coming season. I mean, You can sit, sit out what? all you want. Fortunately, fortunately you for us, what? we still have time because the draft is still here. We still have free agency, so Dunbar, sit out all you want. You're only hurting yourself. What, you just want to lose money? Play? That's on him. But that's the thing, though. But that's the thing, though, Court, Paul. He doesn't really have any leverage here. You can't be a free agent if you don't come to, if you don't come True. You're going you gonna to really miss games? Because that's not going to help you in free agency okay. either. You need to right. play. So you can do all this complaining, all this whole wiping your Instagram. I don't care. We can't find a trade for you. So Again, the do? league has known he's been available. I don't think they just told the other 31 teams, okay, we're, we're ready to discuss Quentin Dunbar now. I'm sure they put that out there. And clearly, either nobody's interested in trading for him or nobody's interested in paying him that money that him and his agent are demanding. So, like you said, come July, he's going to have to come suit up. It is what it is. 
Let's talk a little bit about the guys that we missed on this past week in free agency. Uh, let's start with uh, the biggest fish. Mark Cooper, apparently we tried to offer him a contract would make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. He decides to go back to the Dallas Cowboys on a five-year deal for $100 million. Six of it guaranteed. Uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure what the contract we extended to him was. Uh, I've heard things that was 110. Uh, I've heard people say that it was 115, which would have been about 23 a year. We talked a lot this offseason about trying to put weapons around Haskins, and uh, that's a, a really big contract for a wide receiver. I, I know Cliff wasn't really a huge fan of that idea on our last podcast, so what do you guys think? Good. I'm happy you didn't sign. I don't think it's a good idea to give wide receivers kind of contracts. I think it is very clear when you look at – the impact the giving big contracts at receivers and receiver has, it has a major effect on mm-hmm. your team. It is the same in running back, obviously to a different extreme, but I don't see the reason, especially in a draft, that is probably going to go down as one of the best draft classes of all time in a position that you would be spending this kind of money on wide receiver, period. Like even trading for DeAndre Hopkins, for what? Why? Like, obviously, those are very good players, but you it is very clear that you do not need the best receiver in the league to win games. They don't win you football games. They just don't. Well, when you're dealing with an idiot like Bill O'Brien, if you can get a player like DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of peanuts, I understand what Arizona did, but I hear, I hear what you're saying. Right, but you're going to have to give him an extension. You're going to have to give him an extension. And so what is the net positive here? You could have just traded. This is. I'm not saying don't trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand why some people would. Receivers are expensive. They are. And you can't have an expensive receiver and an expensive quarterback and an expensive left tackle. Like, that's what the mm-hmm. Cowboys are about to find out. And an expensive running back. Like, nah, that's not a good allocation <laughs> of, of resources. Nah, you know, you're right about that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. I saw the figures, and when I heard that we had offered more, I was like, you kind of saved this from ourselves here. I know the Redskins fans are upset that we didn't get him. I'm like, there was a game last year where Coop had zero catches for zero yards. Can you imagine us paying him $23 million a year and having a game where he didn't catch a single pass? People be ready to run him out of town. Oh my and like I said, there's a lot of good receivers uh, going to be available in April. There's good receivers available right now on the open market. You know, they might not be Amari Cooper's quality, but, you know, they don't win you games, and you don't have to have a $23 million wide receiver to win ball games. You really don't. Yeah, no, after, after thinking about it, I got to be honest, that Look, number man. is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, right. I got to be honest. It was funny seeing Cowboys fans sweat thinking he was going to come and wear the burgundy and gold. I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious, but – you don't really want to pay a receiver like Cliff said, $22 million per season. That's, I mean, that's absolutely absurd. And the tech, yeah. Yo, what is having Julio Jones? Julio Jones is a hell of a football player. What well, is that really got the Falcons? <laughs> you no, know, but I'm just like, listen, like, look at their last mm-hmm. couple seasons. What are they? They have him. What the fuck were the Lions? The Lions had Calvin Johnson. Like, you can have a great wide receiver. That shit is beautiful, like, on a Sunday to watch. It might be great for your fantasy team, but you're not winning football games because of your receiving core. You're not. Sorry. 
You're just not. Like, no one's out here. Who had the best receiving core in the NFL last mm. year? Chiefs. Uh, no. Nah, no, I don't think people consider the Chiefs the best group of wide receivers. Browns? Wait, did you say what? best group of receivers or best? Like, the most talented best or group. just the best, like, most production? Ah. The most talented. I mean, I'd, I'd say either maybe the Vikings or the Browns, yeah. possibly like Rams. Yeah, yeah. Rams. Definitely. People would have said the Rams. Don't I only said the Chiefs just based on production and how they work together. Right. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of that's because Pat, Patty uh, Mahomes, the quarterback. Yeah, like like Cliff said, like think about like the 49ers. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl with you know Debo Samuel's a great player, but you know outside of him, who else did they have? Emmanuel Sanders barely was. A side note, after, you know, the, the last week of the season, the playoffs in the um, Super Bowl, he really didn't do much. Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't even mention other guys that really played in the Super Bowl. Like, uh, Austin, like, yeah, was it know, Dante Pettis? Not I got born. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Bourne these are like, always finds the end zone. Always. Right, but these are very unsung yeah, guys. These, these are, right? like, highly paid guys. Absolutely. It's more so, like, how did they acquire them? What round did they take? Second, yeah. mm-hmm. Second round, right? Mm-hmm. Second round rookie. How did they Sorry, get him in? The he was just just dumped them, right? Like they didn't like. I don't see the need in getting an Amari Cooper when, like, I remember I, there's a group chat we're in where I said the Cowboys should not resign Amari Cooper. Well, they also they shouldn't have traded those picks for him, but that's should, that's the predicament they put themselves in, right? Yo, you know what's you know what's funny is the Cowboys fans called me haters. In that group chat, when I said you should not be trading a first round pick for Amari Cooper because you can't afford all this, Amari's a Amari's a free agent, especially with all the individuals that they had to pay. You have all yeah. these people you have to sign. You were getting rid of a first round pick for him, all because y'all swear you're about to win a Super Bowl. This season. That's a negative. But what happens? <laughs> so now you have the highest paid running back in the league. You have the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Your quarterback is top mm-hmm. five paid. Probably got you the highest paid O line as well. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And then you also re signed Jalen Smith for no reason. You gave him that money. It, it ain't like receivers are shiny toys, man. Fans like them. They think it's great. Oh, we got to sign Amari. Remember, we tried to mm-hmm. trade for Amari. Remember that when he got traded? Like, sure it was did. us. We were trying to get Amari for a Cowboys, while. So right? it didn't surprise me that we went after him. Right. It was us, the Eagles, in it because we were in first place in the mm-hmm. division when that trade happened. Yeah. I, I can't hate. I really can't. The Cowboys have been drafting well. They do draft well, but they are really, really messing up their little momentum they have here with these like wasted allocations of funds. They're gonna tank their like. What'd you say on the phone the other day, Cliff? That they had like twenty three free agents that were starters or, or that were contributors or Dude, something like that. Look. So they're they're trying to like piece together the defense. Look at their <laughs> defensive depth. Like I don't give a damn what they say to me, because th- there is a group of people who try to be like, oh, th- th- those players are. It's like yeah, but you can't replace. Then they have twenty five free agents or something. In, in your, yeah, something. It like was that. like twenty three free agents, and like on the defensive side of the ball, it was like but their thing their was 20, well, none of those guys produce anyway. Okay. That's but it's like, that's not, not how this works. works. <laughs> you can't just replace all your second string players. Like, that shit don't work like that. And I think people are way too reliant on drafts. Like, you, like in terms of, like, the draft having impact that following season, that is not likely. Let's talk about Stefan Diggs real quick. Just because I know that's somebody that Redskins fans have been beating the drum for for three years. Uh, <laughs> he went to Buffalo for, get this, 
All right, so Seth Dix and a seventh round pick for first, a fifth, a sixth, and a 2021 fourth. You didn't like Kirk, but but now you got to go to Buffalo and deal with Josh Allen. What are you going to do when it's week 16 and it's a must-win game and Josh is putting the ball in row six? That's the first thing I thought. The second thing I was, thank God we didn't trade for that much. Like, that is a fucking haul and a half. It really is. Never. The funny thing Absolutely is not, and I'm glad we did not look into we doing that stupid that shit. Are you kidding me? Listen, I'm not trading tra- for no damn receivers unless they're for, for free nine. Is Stephon Diggs going to put Buffalo over the I hump? Will... Is Josh Allen still what? playing quarterback? <laughs> look, I'm not trading for a receiver <laughs> unless they're available for bargain prices. Like, you would have to be a, a receiver having problems. Right, like when you're Randy Moss and I trade a fourth-round pick for mm-hmm. you, Done. Antonio Brown. For they traded the farm Done. for Diggs. That is absurd. I couldn't believe it when I saw. I was like, y'all really gave up this much mm-hmm. for Diggs. Diggs is a very good receiver, man. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of money. But that's the price. That's a lot of draft capital, round, man. Like these well, receivers. Not necessarily. Remember, Cliff, like we just like, said, the Cardinals. They got they got D Hop for a no, second and a fourth. But no, no, no. But that. But that's because someone Absolutely. was being a dumbass. Bill O'Brien. Every other Brandon Cooks has been traded mm-hmm. for a first round pick mm-hmm. twice, hasn't he? Brandon Cooks isn't even that good. But here's the deal, though. He's about to go to Buffalo. There's some people that strongly believe in Josh Allen. I am not one of those people. There's some people that call me Josh Allen. I don't really appreciate that. I don't appreciate that because I see this guy miss people by 10 yards. And then you see an ESPN highlight where he dives into the end zone. And And they're like, God, he had a great game. Right. It's wild. You know what's wild? How similar his numbers look to Tyrod's. Absolutely. And they said Tyrod was a great wasn't cup. good. I was about to start calling him Maga Taysom Hill, but I guess Tyrod. <laughs> but you know what's wild? It's the same thing I always say about Josh Allen. Physical talent, the dude has. He does. So much. I give like, it to him. He can run. He has strong arm. Mobile. My man don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> in this field. Is Josh Allen really looks like some of those black quarterbacks who they used to be like, yo, I don't know if he can play in the league. Well, we know he can run around, but can, does he does he have the accuracy to complete a pass downfield? Blah 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 blah. Right, dog. There's literally a two minute tape of him just overthrowing <laughs> guys. And when I mean overthrowing, you remember that Blake Bortles <laughs> shit where he was like, yo, keep it in bounds. It is literally. Two minutes of Josh Allen missing dudes by mm-hmm. you know what I find like kind of like strange is the fact that Josh Allen does throw over people quite often. Like he has this like big arm, but he likes to put it like 10 feet over the receiver's head and his receivers like Cole Beasley, John Brown, <laughs> Seth Diggs, like, all guys that are like 5'10. Like it's weird. When I, I think I sent y'all that clip of the two of him. Oh, I think I sent yep. it to all this morning. Most of it wouldn't matter if you were seven foot four. <laughs> Catch him right here, bro. F three. Hit the beer, you know man. Beer hit. Like you could be, be Calvin. <laughs> you could be Johnson. It wouldn't matter, man. Hey, I can't get that image of Allen Robinson and Blake Borders out of my head now, bro. <laughs> Yo, because that shit sums up Blake Borders. <laughs> Keep oh that shit in bounds. A Rob was like, "What the fuck, you bro?" You can't even. <laughs> That's not even as bad as the clip is when A Rob tore his ACL in week one and then Bulls just walked over and gave him a little pat on the shoulder. Like, nigga, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Austin Hooper. Cliff, man. Um, 
and Diggs went kind of like overpayments in my opinion, but I, you know, for 42 from the Browns. And, you know, I've heard 15 million a year estimation in the weeks prior to free agency were kind of like overblown. You know, I think that that's kind of like where they thought he might land, you know, that the 12 and upset residents didn't extend their offer or extend their. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Paul, <laughs> what were you saying last week? He, he player. He's a B-plus player. They probably thought Oh, the he's a big player at $13 million a oh, year. We, we don't have to pay him this much. We just didn't want to be the ones to set the market. But looking at the contract that he got, I mean, I would have been okay with the Skins paying that. I got to be honest. Oh, see, now y'all would have been, been okay, okay with, with that. Well, mm. We're talking mm. about a different yeah, story here. You're talking about shit. paying him $13, $14 million a year. At 10 and a half, that's reasonable for a B player. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anything about y'all were talking about paying $13, 14 million. <laughs> I said you need to pay what needs to be paid because there are no tight ends in this league right now. Eric Ebron, Ebron got two for twelve. Like, you know, like, but these aren't alternatives. The reason Ebron's available for two for twelve is because my man's never on the field. He don't block. <laughs> Reed, you knew we couldn't run the ball because he wasn't. I wonder block. if we made an attempt to sign him though, because when free agency hit, that deal with Cleveland happened within like the first thirty minutes of free agency of the Tampa. Oh no! I think we have been talking to them, and I think who literally could just we could it could be first down, and we could throw the ball when we had to go yeah. to a certain number. But my thing is, you don't have a second round pick. The draft is very thin at tight end. So nah, you got to bring in Austin Hooper. He's twenty six years old. What's the problem? You can- and they didn't really want to go above the price, which I respect. But four four two when you don't have a tight end, that really. Going into the season with Logan Thomas, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Hale Hendricks. Rookies, man. Historical fact. Titans likely to end up with Gavin Escobar as you are George Kittle. Don't do shit as rookies, man. You I, I bust. Bust the room. Mega bust. Not to Just a mega bust. Look at Ebron. And don't roll. Ebron the first round. OBJ. Hale Hendricks has to say, like, they didn't throw the ball to him in Alabama. Like I, I remember seeing he caught like ten passes in college or something like. That. Yo, he didn't get drafted. Yeah, he I'm shit. not saying he's a player or anything like that, but he looked okay. Like, he looked decent. Like you know what? You know what? Mm-hmm. He might be okay. Cause you know the one thing I know his Block ass it. was. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh, tight ends. Like I said last week, they still be on this field, bro. You need to block. I no longer like there was a time where you could have tight ends who didn't block, like you could have Jordan Reeds, and that was fine. I think the league is transitioning again, and you need mm-hmm. nah, you gotta be out here every play because everybody wants everybody wants Hurts or Kelsey or or Kittle. Nobody wants Jordan Reed anymore. I, and I need mm-hmm. you. Like if I can have Hurts and Hurts, like mm-hmm. the, the receiving tight end, it was cute. It had a, it had its little moment, but uh. Yeah, it seems like the league is trending back to those run, big, but not again. Big body blocking tight ends. Yeah, a good blocker. Just be able to what set you the can't be just like, yo, we can't, we can't right. even run when you on the field, right. bro. I mean, think about how many times we had Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis in line the past few oh years on a third and one, and you just see Vernon Davis crossing your screen, getting blown up by a defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's have a tight end that's athletic because when you get him in space with somebody who can't cover him, it's mismatch all Absolutely. day. But when we need to do what tight ends do, which is block. I mean, can you at least just get in his way and, like, slow him down? You don't got to, like, 
move him. You don't got to be dominant on the edge. Can you get in somebody's way? When answers no, your short yards running game is going to be right. Who's the last you know, solid blocking blocking title we had? Robert Royal? <laughs> Nigga said Robert so Royal. Robert God damn. Because Cooley, was, Cooley <laughs> wasn't a blocker, wow. really, was he? Uh, I mean, Cooley could nah. block, but Cooley was more of just like, Cooley. you know, I'm, I'm going to dance with you. He's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to move you up the line. I'm just going to stay in the way. Yeah, because nah, yeah, he was undersized. Mm-hmm. Like, same thing with Reed. Like, mm-hmm. Reed's un- Reed is undersized off break. So, you so truly are the best. Bay, our most this. recent best blocking tight end might have been Robert Royal, Zeron Flemister. Uh, I don't really like you throwing salt on my, on my man Logan Paulson's name like that. All right. Ah, Logan Paulson. Logan dog, I was literally about to say you disrespected He was decent. No, like, like Cliff said, Logan couldn't block. He just he thought he could block because well, he damn sure couldn't get right, no he yeah. couldn't catch. It's like tight end reminds me of like how they do it in baseball sometimes where like if a shortstop mm-hmm. can't hit, they're just like, well, he's a good yeah. fielder. They just say it. Be like, yeah, we can field though. It's like, no, he doesn't. Right. We're just saying that because he can't hit. <laughs> if you if you were tight end that can't catch, they're just like, well, there's got to be some reason you here. You must be a blocker. Oh, you don't block either. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 the coaches must like you or some shit. I don't know. But now, that next year's old. Now, Hooper is because he's twenty. Like I understood the Amari argument. Because of Amari's age, I just I don't want to spend that kind of money at tight at receiver when I can when I literally just took a potential all pro receiver. But I think also what attracted Amari to like Ron Rivera, you know, Amari's like a pro. He's a professional. He's no off the field, none of that foolishness. Like he's a Rivera type player, so I understand why the team wanted to go all in on him. Not to get sidetracked back on the receivers, but he's he's a Rivera type of guy. Nah, there's Absolutely. seven thousand receivers in this draft. I'm not. Spending money on receiver, man. The last thing I'll say about who the um free agency portion and the guys that left, uh, Eric Flowers, three for 30. Uh, I don't know. I after giving uh Sheriff his deal, I, I didn't think you could afford Flowers for th- 10 a year, and that kind of opened door for him to leave. Uh, you know, he had a, it was a nice story here for a year, and I'm glad he was able to resurrect his career, but uh, it wasn't meant to be with the money that he was demanding. Um, look, ten million is that's that's guard money, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, if you're gonna get a starting guard in the free agent, like in the open market, it's gonna cost you ten million. So I'm not really tripping off that. I also think they have Wes Martin, so I don't mm-hmm. think they really felt like they had to cut yeah. a too big a check. I think that was more of like we actually have an alternative. Also, with the fact the that you just franchised as one of your guards. And gave him fifteen million. Right. You, I don't. I didn't see the team paying Eric Flowers ten million. You would have had twenty five million a year tied up in guards. Like that doesn't sound logical. West Martin thing above all else that they had someone who, for significantly less, could probably and West played good play down the track. same level. Right. No, he definitely but, did. Um, I, I agree with you guys. I think that West Martin being in the building and being ready to start was kind of a a avenue to get flowers out of here. You know, I think um, I was listening to John Kime the other day. It might have been Cooley, uh, one of the two, but they were like saying they thought that Wes Martin was going to start, you know, maybe after like week two, week three. What it didn't anticipate was Eric Flowers playing well. You know, yeah. thought that he was just going to end up yeah. being a backup at guard mm-hmm. at some point. 
and that Wes Martin would be the guy. I was resurrected his career. Good for him. All right. Uh, should we spend any time talking about Colton and Case getting up out of here or not? Thanks. Thanks for everything, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on. Uh, John Bostic, back uh, two for five, $1.7 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, pretty much later, Air Flowers is playing really well, but he wants $10 million a year. You have a rookie that's waiting in the wings. You know, it's kind of like a, like a no-brainer when Air Flowers is demanding that much money. Like I told you, I didn't really want to lose Flowers. I, I actually enjoyed having him on our team because – I was one of the first ones to shit on him when we signed him and to see that he, the way that he played in the left guard position, because you know how long we've been looking for a left guard. I mean, it was, he played with an attitude. Like, I felt like he, you know, he, he brought something to the team that we didn't have for quite some time. But I mean, good for him. He went home, went back to Miami, earned his money. Good luck to Flowers, but West Martin, West Martin can step in. I think he can get right. the job done. Right. I like Bosk a lot. I do. Um, when Ruben Foster went down and we brought him in last year, I kind of was, not sure what to think about him. Um, but last year, he was fine. He was good. Um, you hear stories about him and how smart he is and how he's able to dissect a, an offense and how he's able to um, help defensive teammates out and put them in the right positions, like very cerebral. So I think that, especially considering you don't know what you're going to have in the 4-3 um, and you don't know what you're going to have Ruben Foster moving forward, I think bringing back Bostic was a smart move by the team. Hey, Boston played last year, man. I was kind of glad that we re-signed him. Um, one, his veteran leadership. Two, yeah. he's a pro. Uh, they said also Cole Holcomb, they said he kind of latched on to Boston. Exactly, Helps, yep. Showed him, you know, showed him the ropes of the league as far as film review, getting game prep, et cetera, et cetera. And I think also adding, I mean, I'm sure we're going to speak on it, but adding the vet like Thomas Davis, now you got some assurance with Boston and Davis in case they, Ruben Foster can't give you anything. So I feel like, yo, I mean, I understand that piece, but also with us, with the uncertainty that we have at left tackle position, like they couldn't make that. They didn't want to make that. I think they went as high as they said, like eight per year for flowers. But if you would have committed 10 to flowers, 15 to sheriff, you still got a question mark at left tackle. I mean, that that, that just seems like a tough situation as far as cap is concerned. And a defensive coordinator that were former linebackers. So exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Clearly, They see something in those two guys and I'm good with the move. Right. Uh, I don't have the numbers on Nate Orchard in front of me. I know it was a one-year deal. Uh, another guy who kind of resurrected his career, bounced around for a while. I think he went from the Browns to the Chiefs to the, who knows where. Uh, had a big game last year against the Panthers. Had a few sacks. Blocked the punt against the Giants. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, another solid signing. I don't know what to expect from him, but I know that he showed me some things last year. And I know that with a defensive-minded staff, a guy who was a second round pick who has some tools. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that he could be, you know, some dominant player, but a guy that you could start in a pinch if, um, let's say, Ryan Anderson were to go down or you would lose Ryan Anderson in free agency next year or something like that. A guy that has some tools that you can work with. Hey, like Rivera said, man, depth and competition. There will be competition on this team. And a guy like Nate Orchard, like you said, last year when he came in, he played hard. Yeah. Like he, he, he showed me some things. I mean, I, I just remember him from Hard Knocks with Cleveland. But when he came in here, he made play. He, he made some plays. So I mean, come July, come training camp, see what he could do. Yeah, now he competed for a spot. I think I think he earned the right to compete for a spot because he actually played. He actually one of the guys that stood out down the stretch. But if you made this point earlier when we so. were speaking through text, like the Rivera type guys. He's a pro. He's a professional. He's hungry. Yeah, right. He's gonna work Thanks. hard. I, no, Thanks. no more yep. of that distraction yep. shit, man. Like. 
That's why when people are like, oh, we'll bring Cam in, it's like, I I am sure Ron mm-hmm. Rivera thinks very highly of Cam. He ain't coming. <laughs> but you're, re- you're rebuilding yep. something new here, and Cam is his own level of personality yeah. that is outside of the team. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to start that here. Agreed. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this from last year after the Panthers game. I think J.P. Finley was interviewing him in the locker room or maybe in the tunnel or something like that, and he just started crying. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, man, this meant so much for me and my family to be back in the game, this and that. Like, guys like that, it means something like making guarantees. Blue collar. Yeah, exactly. It means I go out there and I bust my butt and I show something or else I'm I'm back on the unemployment line. And guys like that, I mean – it, it, it's you can't really measure their level of, of grit and determination because this is they're one player away from being out of the league again. So, yep. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And he was a right. good player. 17 before you trade him away in the Alex Smith trade, uh, was a key component in the Chiefs secondaries past year. Got a pick in the Super Bowl. Um, a guy that you can move around, play slot corner, plays an outside, play a lot of free safety this past year in KC, especially when you don't know what you're going to have at any position really in the secondary. This year coming up for the Redskins outside of maybe strong safety with Landon Collins, a guy like that who can play in any spot is going to be super valuable. You know what I'm saying? Brought in from other teams last year, our, our free agent class as of Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Uh, the big fish, Kendall Fuller, uh, still only 25 years old, got number four for $40 million. I, I don't really have the figure in front of me. Even, they mm-hmm. might be playing exactly safety. That might be their chief stuff a little bit because, I mean, he, he mm-hmm. had some injury problems, right, in KC. But Tyron Matthew made their defense last year, their secondary in particular. So it's hard for me, like, when I see how well mm-hmm. Breland played also to, like, how much of that is Tyron Matthew being the incredible player he is. But Kendall Phillips, which is funny because when we drafted him, we all thought he, he sure was did. Right. <laughs> sure did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what people right. just before we traded him. Kendall Fuller was coming into so, his own, man. That's that's why a lot of the fan base yeah. was disappointed. So I mean, right? I'm glad. I'm happy to have him back. And he's a local mm-hmm. guy. He local wants guy to be too. here. A I'm player that to wants to be back. here. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when he got drafted, was is that microfract on his knee going to hold up? You know, his first year, I I just remember vividly him getting roasted by Steph Diggs in that game versus the Vikings. Here, <laughs> you know, just, just I think he probably had like a like. A, 11 or 12 catch a day and everything was on Fuller. The next mm-hmm. year when he's fully healthy, he's one of the best cornerbacks in football. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing you know, he's traded away in a, in a deal that sends him to Kansas City. You know, it, it. I remember that night we traded him away. I was pissed. I was not happy about it because you know that you had a young ascending player yep. that was fully healthy and, you know, it was hard to see him go. So getting him back and like Corey said, like a guy that wants to be here, a local kid, it, it's kind of like, you know, coming full circle and it's good to have him here Still only 25 years old, and he'll grow the same. I mean, Corey's always been the Mm -hmm. bigger Moreau guy, Mm -hmm. right? But Moreau has not played a lot. Moreau's just been here a while, it feels like, right? It feels like Moreau's been here forever. But he really has not. Pretty young, man. I think he was about just turned 21 when you drafted him. All right. Look. Look. Like an incredible. And you just got yeah. his time. Yeah, one of, one of the first things Rivera said in his press conference. Man, there you got to let these young guys play, man. You got there's some young corner, mm-hmm. there's some cornerbacks out here who got cooked mm-hmm. at first. I agree with you. That's just a hard. That's that's nice. It's crazy to think that that kid's still only 25 years old. Only 25. 
Definitely. We're playing out of position. You know, we played, it turned out he was more of an inside guy to me from a row. You got the, to have the young corners that two, three years ago we were talking like, oh, it's going to be Dunbar, Fuller, mm-hmm. Row long mm-hmm. term. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I think now we oh, I hear back. you. Definitely. And and just a side note on Moreau, uh, you know, I had been saying cornerback. I, the idea that you could play your top three cornerbacks on the field at the same time just because of the top three cornerbacks never really sat well with me. And you saw it with Moreau. He just was never really a fit at the slot. When he was outside, towards the end of last season, he looked way better. And he, was just, he was just comfortable that, on the outside. The only thing that sucks about Moreau is just that, you know, he's coming to the fourth year of his deal, you know, you, with Moreau, you kind of like coaching malpractice. You spent two years trying to make him a slot cornerback when everything in his makeup, to, you know, said nah, not one. That's not fair, Paul. That's not fair though, because the only reason we have the slot is because of Ooh, that's ball. fair. That's fair, right? Like their like plan, like the the moves that they were making. One is because they had Norman's right. bum ass out there, because out there is because yep. Norman got benched. But Norman should have been benched yep. months ago. Yep. The, <laughs> the night before the game. No, the moment this motherfucker started having segments on Fox NFL Sunday, meanwhile, getting his ass cooked when we kick off at 4 o'clock. That's a problem. Getting, getting cooked out here. Seriously. It's getting cooked out here, bro. Mm-mm-mm. So, I think Moreau was more of a product of the fact that we had someone mm-hmm. like Norman on the roster. Right, but to me, it's like, my point is, you Norman, you've done bar, you have Moreau. Those are your top three cornerbacks. But starting outside, is Moreau your best slot cornerback? Or are you playing him there because he's your third best guy? Like to they me, were probably playing guy like I'm, I'm not saying guy. I'm not saying for sure that Greg Stroman is a better slot cornerback than Moreau. You know what I'm saying? But Stroman's makeup says he's a cornerback. Jimmy Moreau's makeup says he's a slot cornerback. How much Moreau struggled at slot. Moreau didn't he wasn't like a, like a clear like no no far from that slide. far from it so been in liability yep. last year period yeah I, no, mean, I, for, I hear you on here to reevaluate Moreau on the outside because he he spent two years but on that's okay for whatever reason that's fine no that's fine I'm looking forward to seeing Moreau and especially if Dunbar leaves and you don't really address cornerback in friends here early in the draft it looks like Moreau's gonna definitely be starting outside for you and I'm fine with that that's cool Dude, I don't. I don't think so either. I'm saying like worst case scenario. Dunbar, I'll see you down in Richmond in July, bro. Seriously, mm-hmm. I'm not really tripping right. on Dunbar. No, you might not. You in July either. That's a different conversation. Right? <laughs> 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 they about to start this NFL oh, season in nah, you Thanksgiving you week one. Wow. So yeah. yeah. God damn. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to West Weiser. Um, three for thirteen point five. Uh. A guy that, to be honest with you, I don't really know much about. Uh, I'll just go off what I've heard. And if you believe the Falcons fans, I'm like, sucks. If you believe somebody like Chris Cooley, who said he likes him better than Eric Flowers because he's more technical, whereas Eric Flowers was just like a mauler, a guy who was just hard to, to you know, hard to get around because he's so massive and just so big. Um, you know, I, I don't really know much about him, but as competition for West Martin, I mean, it only adds to the value of your offensive line, the L quality backup. Hey, added competition, depth on the old line. 
you know, we're a team that's had many years where we lacked any type of depth at the guard position. They said he could, he could possibly play center as well. So whether he's a starter or not, it brings in competition. He's, I want to say he's 25, 26 years old. Um, not going to pretend like I know much about him as well, but bringing in competition at that position and adding depth to your own line, I mean, you can't mess with that. Yeah. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a depth player. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, he started. Yeah. He started games. One of the things I heard was just like uh, they had brought in guys the past two years to replace him in the lineup, and those guys kept getting hurt. So that kind of forced him back into the starting lineup, which doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really speak to like a vote of confidence how good he is. But, you know, like I said, Wes Martin is the plan. Uh, they'll battle it out. Uh, if he somehow wins, then I'm cool with it. It's fine. Just a mm-hmm. guy that you can bring it in the pinch, it's fine. I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Davis, one for 3.5 mil. Uh, I know we got on course or last week for saying Davis, <laughs> but, you know, culture, 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 culture. A guy like He's that right. who's in the mm-hmm. old and knows Ron Rivera super well, going to play for him. Lead players in the locker room, how to lead players on the field. He's going to know how to work, especially with what's going on right now in the world. And if you're missing weeks, months of the season in training camp or whatever, a guy who's going to come in there and be a coach on the field, it's super underrated. You're not going to be able to duplicate that with just somebody else who is another free agent at linebacker, a guy who knows the coach who's going to come in there and be a coach by extension in a way. Set the tone, man. He's a vet. You know, we got a young linebacker in rooms. So, honestly, he can help guide them, especially for players if somebody like a Ruben Foster can actually get healthy. You know, show show these dudes how to study their game film, how to prepare for your game on Sundays. Like, and let alone Thomas Davis is still a damn good pro. Like, he had 112 tackles last year. No, like, still a good player. This, this, I, this isn't no bum that we bringing in. I mean, obviously, he's a little older, but for somebody that, you know, at his age and still making plays like that, I mean, I like the son. Right. I think people would like like to say, oh, Thomas Davis is 37 years old, 38. He's old. He's watching. And he's up. still you smacking know, Of course he's not the player that he used to be. But, one, he's healthy. And that was something that he could never be back in earlier in his career. Played in 16 games last year. I think 15 in each of the seasons before that. Like, he's been playing. And yep. he's still playing at a very high level. Like, he's not – High like, level. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from the Bears, uh, a guy that – has bounced around a little bit in the past couple of years. We're on the Seahawks. I think he was on the Chiefs for a little bit, signing a one-year deal with the Bears. Um, I'm, the more I looked into him and the more I watched, um, Bears last year was way different than I, the player I saw with the Chiefs the year before. Um, correlation between what he did with the Bears and what he could do here. A uh, guy that, when he played 40 or more snaps last year, had a total grade of 98.3, a pass rush grade of, 86.9, a coverage grade of 90.0. Like, these are good grades for a pitch linebacker. Um, and you give him a one-year deal. Uh, I, all the Bear fans I know said that you got him at a steal. And, you know, I don't really know what to make of Bears fans, but, you know, from what I see, that's outstanding, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Bears fans said we had a steal, man. Like I said, our linebacker room. Uh, pre-snap, you see him dissect the play very quickly. And he's able to see gaps in the line and, and cut through and, and mix ups in the backfield. And with the Bears up front, how dominant they were at times up front in the past year and the talent they had, you can see the correlation. And he's another one. He's another one of those players that looks like you know goes about his business. He, he's a pro, 
uh, speed of special teams, um, can, can come in and compete with the other linebackers in the room. So, I mean, I, I, I like the sign. Right. Um, special teams guy, I think if he's starting, yeah, then I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> a good thing. No, I, because he's. I mean, look, the guy's not been a starter anywhere else, no. right? Um, and he's been, and it's not like he, he's bounced yeah. around the league. Which Bostic did too, but at it one looks. Point, is it Bostic is your starting linebacker? Then that is also, not... like we were three and thirteen <laughs> last year. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? No, I maybe so, don't want to size, uh Pierre Louis. Like I, I think he's can do some things. And like I said, when he played, when Trevason was hurt, like he played well, like he was good in coverage. He was good against the run. And if you get him in the right scheme, like I said, like he mm-hmm. can do some things. Like I'm, I'm not sure how good the Seahawks were on defense when he was there. Uh, I, I just don't know how, like the timeline with who was there at the time. Um, well, I know chances are when he was with Seattle, he wasn't getting no, he wasn't getting no burn. Right. Exactly. exactly. That's nothing. I know that he was on a pathetic chiefs defense two years ago. I know the Bears defense last year wasn't as good as it was the year before that, but I know that the Bears have a really good defensive And when you get a good defensive line in front of a linebacker that knows how to dissect a, an offense and is able to get into the backfield quickly, that you can make some plays. You know, and in all likelihood, he's more of a – he's going to see the field on defense at all. But, you know, if he's able to, like, cool kid, went to Maryland, let's talk about him really quick. You know, he bounced between cornerback and safety a lot in college. 2016 and 17, he's the Steelers, and he plays strong safety. 2018, moves to free safety. He isn't good. 2019, hurts his shoulder, steal a trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, and that just you know ends his little time there in Pittsburgh. Um, listen, he has talent. He can't tackle though. Uh, he's still. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think about him. Uh, He's not the free safety that I necessarily wanted. I did call in the last podcast, though, that I thought Sean Davis was the guy that was on the radar. Um, there's other guys I probably would have preferred. Um, I know somebody like Trey Ball. Mm-hmm. All right. Good coaching and able to, like, get in some third and longs and get him on a blitz or something like that. Like, these are, like, the players that all fit the piece of a puzzle. You don't need to have him as an every-down linebacker, but you get him in a specific exactly. situation, and he can Let's see what he can do. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess that maybe let's see if he can. New, you know, new scenery, new new regime, new new defense. Maybe a brace. He's a big body, 6'1", mm-hmm. 202. I mean, clearly he had some talent when he was coming out of Maryland. Yeah. But um, like you said, this tackling is an issue, but obviously we're hoping with this new coach's time. Our, our next safety that gets burnt a lot. Yeah. Pearson Prelude. So yeah, Madu Williams is Madu Williams. That's really what he looks like to me. Oh my god! But he has talent though. That's the crazy part about it. Like he's a he talented can, player. He can run fast, but he can't tackle for shit. He I actually see them using him and Fuller mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, because it seems like Davis's problem is more tackling above anything else. But he also has been playing corner and safety. It's like which mm-hmm. position should he? You know what's weird with the Steelers is the Steelers. Steelers think Minka is now like the greatest football player ever. Indeed, they do. Minka got a lot of tip passes. Yeah, and that shit you can't count that shit year to year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So next year, 
if he ends up with two picks, you know what I mean? Not yeah. Well, I got totally so, different. Like, if Minka has three picks last year instead of what do you have, like six or seven? I want to say at least six. Your season. Yeah, I'm just hoping maybe they can maybe Rivera and you know Del Rio can pull something out of him. You know, like he has talent. Like, it's not like he's a true bum, right. but no, a second ago, and not to make an apples to apples comparison to Eric Flowers, but we all had jokes about Eric Flowers sure last summer. He was playing out of position. Like, he's not a tackle, he's a guard. When you play him at guard, he looked fine. You know, he was a cornerback in college. He was fine because he was athletic. He's a strong safety because that was his position by trade. He moved positions in 2018, and he wasn't good. But he also was missing tackles because, I mean, you know, making that switch is not easy. It's not just easy to switch from strong safety to free safety. It's the NFL. These guys are all pros. They're all super athletic, and you might misplay a couple – uh, run fits because you don't, you're not used to speed from 18 yards deep as opposed to 12 yards deep. It's not an easy yeah, like, what transition. You're doing. You know, yeah, one was, for five. I bet you he played in 2019 last year. He wouldn't find him. He broke his arm or hurt his shoulder See, or whatever it was. Far. I, I really don't know anything. I don't, I, it is hard for me to say anything other than Sean Davis will not be that good here. And it, if he is starting, as opposed to a backup, it's a completely different conversation, is how I would put it. If he's our starting free safety, that is not good. If new defensive staff can find something, then put him in the right position. He's a versatile player. And maybe playing alongside somebody like Landon Collins can help you out as far as seeing what reading these reading these offenses and not getting exposed and getting beat on eight, nine routes all day long. Like I mean, maybe you know what you know what's funny about y'all? You know what's funny about y'all, man. <laughs> oh boy! You know the shit I hear y'all saying about Sean Davis. You know who it sounds like y'all fucking talking about? Hmm. Troy Apke. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God! Here it's comes the cape. cape. Listen to when y'all talk about. Hey, well, you, <laughs> hey, Cliff, well, Apke's your man. So if he's actually improving, he should beat out Sean Davis. It's not even about whether he's my man or not. Think about what y'all are saying right now. Oh, he's super, oh, he's super athletic. Look, don't don't try to tell the people. I'm not an athlete hater. Just hold, I hold feel on, just that hold he was on. ready to play the free safety. Y'all are out here talking about, oh, this guy, he's not athletic. He sorry, he's super athletic, but he misses tackles. Oh, we should give him a chance. <laughs> In fairness, though, if you would switch Apke and Sean Davis, and Sean Davis was as bummy as Apke was year one. I'd be like, let's cut Sean Davis. No, no, no. I, no. But Sean, it's not, you're missing the point, I, though, Paul. His year one, they told us Apke wasn't going to play any goddamn way. So why are you even judging his playoff year one? They told you he's a project. <laughs> so what's the matter when he does year one? <sighs> Davis, Davis lost his job. Right? They, they had no interest in resigning yeah. him. We sign him. Now it's like, well, maybe, you know, he might have been out of position. He might have been this. I'm telling y'all right now, Troy Apke is going to be the starting free safety next year for his football team. <laughs> Listen, hey, Paul, I'm telling y'all right now. Make sure you double record this one. Clip <laughs> that. Clip that. That's, that's All right. There. But, no, but I just because I'm with Cliff. I'm just sitting here trying to put a positive spin on signing Sean Davis. Do I think he's going to start? No. Do I think that if he is starting, it's a bad sign for the secondary? Yes. Uh, Monta Nicholson might be Apke, when oh, he played, shit. yes or no, Apke was not as bad as you were saying. Please, like, he was not. No, 
I'm not going to say he was bad. Again, I just did not feel he was ready to be playing as my deep safety. Bruh. And I just was not comfortable. I mean, I understand he was a fast player. I always said I felt like he was going to be a leader on special teams, which I, which I felt like he became now. If he turns into a better free safety when we go in the 2020 season, then I'm all for it. Dude, but, he's only been – he's the, last year was his second year. Absolutely. This is literally why you draft these kind of – we used to always draft people like Abke. Yeah, for, yeah forget that. See, now you're doing a white guy thing. Don't <laughs> talk about it. Now, oh, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we used to draft guys in the middle rounds who were very athletic. They might not have had, they might not have checked all like the football sense boxes. Super athletes. Abke is an excellent athlete, man. He definitely is. I will not take that from him. He has not played safety for that long. The same, the person I saw playing year two looked much better than the player I saw year one. So hopefully he makes that that jump or that leap in year three. Compare that man to Reed Dowdy. Come on, man. Hey, Reed Dowdy was a solid player. Are we hating on Reed? They had right nothing now? in common. It's players, though, Court. Other than being white guys. I thought we were just talking about recent <laughs> safeties that we drafted. My <laughs> Brad Edwards. Shout out my man Brad. Look, at least at least Appy's not right. Adam Archuleta. I can say that. See, 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 see. Corey, you you been no, really, really right really, now, bro. It's just wild how the idea that you have all this physical, this physical ability is a completely is talked about completely differently when it's Sean Davis who has not been here, but he did play at Maryland, right? As opposed to the other yeah. guy who's also super athletic. Now I hear what you say. Right. That's all I'm saying. First thing I said when we signed Sean Davis, I was just like, "Well, he ain't done shit in Pittsburgh," but hopefully. With a change of scenery, it, it helps him elevate his game. But who knows? I'm not banking. Nah, he looked like he looked like the next guy that fucking Deshaun will be running by. Stanley Richards asked him. Like he like really what he looks oh like is the guy Devin Smith's running by this year for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, dog. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Our late latest signing, JD McKissick, comes over on two year deal for a three point. Two five million dollars, I think it was. I think it was one million dollars guaranteed from the uh, Lions. Uh, one that kind of uh, spells the end for Chris Thompson, which isn't a surprise. Uh, I think that the writing was on the wall for Chris Thompson uh, when the season ended. He says much when you've heard him speak. He didn't know he'd be back, and I think a lot of the beat guys said he probably wouldn't be back, especially with uh, Bryce Love and Derek Dice expected to be back from injury at some point. And, you know, Chris Thompson hasn't been able to stay healthy as either a fan favorite, but, you know, it's kind of like uh, that, that time has just run its course. Uh, McKissick is a little bit intriguing. It's a guy that, you know, every time I've heard his name since he's been on the Seahawks, it's kind of been like grabbing my attention because he's done something spectacular in, in just a small sample size. Last year, 5.5 yards per carry. Uh, 34 catches, a guy that was a wide receiver in college. You know, he has some ability catching the ball in the backfield. A guy that also has been buried just on the depth chart wherever he's been, whether it's in Seattle when he's behind uh, Chris Carson or Rashad Penny or Mike Davis or Thomas Rawls or CJ Proceis or Alex Collins or when he's on the Lions, he's buried behind on Johnson or CJ Anderson or Ty Johnson. Uh, he hasn't really gotten a chance to shine or play much. So my question to you is, is this a guy that's going to be buried behind Geist and Love and AP, or is he going to have a chance to play in third down role here? Because I, I think he can do some things 
you know, on third downs, catching the ball in the backfield. I think he can. They brought him in. I think he, they brought him in specifically to be a third down back. I mean, well, well, he's not. He's but y'all know how this goes, bro. Like the reason that you keep all these other backs keep getting in front of you, there's got to be a reason. Of absolutely, right? there's got to be a reason. They were like, oh, CJ Procise over McKissick, right? McKissick seems like a nice player. He can make. Some he's plays, got talent, but. Hey, it's an insurance signing. I'm not expecting. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I don't exactly. think he's coming here getting 150. Exactly. Like the, the reality is, McKissick could come here and play a lot. The other, like, but he could also come here and never see the field, right? There's a scenario where, yeah. the injuries with those two backs still happen, and he plays, and it's him and AP for real, which will probably be fine. Mm-hmm. Frankly, like if, if it was AP yeah. and McKissick, we could probably get by with that because it's running back. Mm-hmm. There's also a chance he comes here. Bryce Love and Geis are never injured ever and again. And he gets cut. And you just don't play. <laughs> That's true, too. Uh, I hear right. you say no, I hear you. I've um, seen make a few plays. I mean, yeah. it never hurts to have people on your roster that can take one for right. a, no, quick, a, a quick screen for 50 yards. Like, Right, right. Right. That's the thing I was saying.